Welcome to the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lolly here with Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson, uh, bringing you, of course, all the uh, news and notes of the day from Steelers uh, practice and plenty of other stuff. And uh, Mike Pursuta, what song does that make or what does that make you think of? Bachelor Party. Okay, I, I was actually going to go watching Dick LeBeau do the drum solo on the field I'm every thinking, week when the Steelers would play that back. I'm thinking when he was assistant coach there. Tyson in uh, the Hangover. There's that too, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what I'm sorry. I thought I that's what you were yeah. going with, right? Similar that hangover idea. I was thinking the whole theme was going to be songs that have become completely identifiable by a movie, and it would be The Hangover. Then you play Layla for Goodfellas. Yeah, nice. And, and then you play Shout for Animal House. That would have been good. Yeah. That would have been good. That's not what the theme is, though, today. Good first guess, though. It's a good, very good first guess. Very. Uh, See, very... that are male singers. <laughs> <laughs> Drummers as singers. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be interesting, too. But, yeah, uh, yeah uh, Steelers uh, <laughs> holding practice today over at the south side because of the rain in the area. It didn't stop them from uh, practicing yesterday, but apparently Mike Tomlin wanted to make sure that they got all their work in today. Uh, so we could not see any of practice today, Mike Pursuta. Yeah. Heart, heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. I, I, I actually was a little heartbroken, like, okay, we stood out in the rain yesterday. What was the difference <laughs> right. between yesterday and today? Today, I, you know. I'm looking outside here at the our lovely Green Tree Studios, and the roads are dry here in Green Tree. It was pouring this time yesterday. Yeah, it was yeah. just coming down in buckets, and they still practiced. But uh, I, you know, I was okay. I uh, I saw all I needed to see at the goal line drill the other day. Okay, at, at that point, I was done with training camp. Okay, I got it. Uh, don't need to see Danny Smith running out there. Ten, nine, <laughs> eight, seven. Get that field goal on Mayday, Mayday. I mean, it's important work, but it can be done in anonymity. Without, I yes, trust. Without us watching. Uh, David DeCastro still missing from practice on Thursday. Come he on, has man. now been out uh, wow. nearly a week. Uh, he left last Friday's practice early with what we're assuming is that calf injury that was bothering him before. Uh, cornerback. Lower body injury. Might keep him out of game body. seven against might keep him out of Game 7 against Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Canucks. Uh, cornerback Cam Sutton was also held out of practice Thursday after leaving practice uh, on uh, Wednesday with an injury. He rode a stationary bike for most of practice, so he was not going anywhere. He was stationary. He was stationary. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, also not participating was center Marquise Pouncey, who got the Veterans Day off for apparently doing all the heavy lifting and talking to us today. That's hard work. That is hard work. And wide receiver Chase Claypool. This will be his only appearance. Oh wow! On today's practice report, he was held out of practice today. Are you? Are yes, you? Was. Are you alarmed by this at all, Mike? I'm not. Okay. Okay. I, he's 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 done enough. I, I'm I'm good there too. You know they could have shut it down a couple of days ago, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay. But then again, I'm not the coach or the GM. So. Yeah. You know. So it doesn't sound like he's exactly biting and scratching to make the team in the final minutes of the. I think he's got it made. He's doing okay. Yeah, I think yeah. he's. I, I think, he's think on the that clock. has been achieved. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's he's fifty cent in this thing. Um, long snapper Cameron Canada. <laughs> you like that? Uh, long I snapper do. Can, Cam Canada was a partial participant as he continues to work his way back from his knee issue. 
uh, and Stefan Wisniewski returned to practice as a partial partic- participant after missing Wednesday's practice. That's the uh, injury report uh, at this point for the Steelers. You know, I brought this up with Missy Matthews this afternoon when we did training camp live, which was actually taped. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> you just gave away the secret. Yeah. Aren't long snappers always partial participants? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even partial, partial might be giving them too much credit. Shouldn't they be, be considered very infrequent participants? Infrequent participants. Well, they board. participate more than the punter or the, the place kicker. Yeah, well, I it suppose. doesn't say you – know, that says less about those guys and more about the long snapper. I mean, it, <laughs> nowadays, do those three go do their own thing in the corner somewhere? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's much room to operate. Yeah, yeah they just go off. I mean, they're still really important, but right. just, you know, the whole participation thing. It's they, never a problem that, until you don't have one. You never talk yeah. to the long snapper until something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Yes. You never come out and say, well, that, was, that was a hell of a snap you had on that. On that That's the best game you played in a while. He goes out and has three tackles. I think we interviewed Jordan Berry one time last year. That was Arizona. Correct. I think I talked to him once early in the year just because I like to hear him hear the uh, Australian the accent. accent. Yeah, but other than sure. that, I actually was talking to him about Chris Boswell, who didn't talk to us at all last year. I guess that's a good way to get the Boz. If you can't get Boz, then go ask the people around him. Yeah, that was the story a year ago. Yeah, I I'd still – it's always a goal of mine uh, – Matt, there's this portion of the locker room where there's usually kicker uh, the kicker, the punter, and the long snap. We call it kicker corner. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Ken I, Hayward is now part of kicker corner. So Yeah. But I always try to stay out of kicker corner, and if one of our colleagues in the media actually goes to kicker corner to do an interview, there is much derision and ridiculing. Oh, that all makes sense. Good work. I think that's a good hierarchy to present. But now Cam's over there, huh? Cam is in kicker yeah. corner, so you can get over there like you're waiting for Cam but talk to one of the kickers. Mm, I see. Except for Boswell, who's never in the, uh, never in the locker room. Yeah, because the locker room. He is. He is an infrequent person in the locker room. Does he shower? Especially last year. Does he need to? As they might not have to. Go <laughs> home. He is, as Mike said, often a partial participant. <laughs> yeah, infrequent <laughs> participant. Swing that leg a few times a day, huh? Uh, okay, that's. I'm it. good, guys. Speaking good of, the, of, of the kicker <laughs> issues, Mike, uh, what do you think of this? Uh, situation with Jordan Berry and Corliss Waitman. We haven't talked about this at all. Like they, they've they've continued splitting reps we between came these so two. Close. They've so continued close splitting, to to... Uh, holding <laughs> <laughs> all these shows, shows row, right? no talking about the punter. Um, Dale, look at the, the punters on all the Super Bowl teams. I know. I hear you. They they've don't never need... had Ray Guy. I honest. I mean, I know somebody's got to do it. <laughs> be done at you know a reasonable level of effectiveness it was really fun talking to Jordan Berry in Arizona when he got the, the fake wrong and he got blown up uh he had a great line about that when he saw the guy coming you know uh really enjoyed that but I, I it, full disclosure I don't care who punts but isn't there some cap ramifications I have a feeling you're needling around here I yes there yeah. are there are and Barry's uh he's not making what he last year he was he was playing on a uh a higher contract actually last year they oh, was they it? brought him back this year so it's a little bit lower but they could save a you know a couple million there yeah. or at least a million and a half I don't know who the other guy's name was but if he's Corliss okay Waitman. I would go that direction yeah I mean it, cheap labor you know I don't know that it's been 
you know, markedly better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If been, I haven't really watched the kicker battle, the punter battle. I, I didn't know if Mike man. had. I, you know, I just wanted gotcha. to. Oh, no, you know whether I watched that or not. <laughs> you, you've known me a long time, Dale. I have. What happens at Latrobe when it's special teams time? I'll go find the tent. This year I was already in the tent. I went and found the drinks, the cold drinks. <laughs> cool, cool water. Um, anything else uh, stand out uh, to, on the handy dandy pool report today that was done by the Steelers PR staff? Nothing really blew me away. I did notice that uh, they talked again about there being, uh, you know, the ones and the twos against the scouts, and uh, it seemed like just from reading it that uh, the ones and the twos on both sides did really good, That's really what well. It seemed like uh, yeah, the offense, defense, shots, defense got four times. Defense got their hands on a lot of balls. Roethlisberger was four for four in the red zone. You know, another day, another dollar. Yeah, uh, this is another. I, I think they've had a, I think they've had a decent camp given the circumstances. Other than DeCastro, that's the only major injury concern, right? And I, I don't even know if that qualifies as major. It's it's a little bit curious. You'd you'd rather it, you know, he'd be practicing. But uh, looks like full speed ahead. You know, turn the page to next week and get ready for those New York Football Giants. Uh, it does, and uh, you know one thing that uh, did stand out was uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Deontay Johnson hooking up on some long passes. Ah, that in was this, in there in this pool report. Um, yeah. I think he's a vertical weapon more than we've seen, yeah. and, and it's not necessarily straight line speed, but I think it's it's ability to run routes crisply. I think that's very true. I mean, I think he can shake a guy with his route running for sure, and then get a step. But you and I talked about this earlier, and I'm not sure of it, but I think he's one of the fastest stealers. I mean, I think he's faster than certainly his 40-time indicated. We haven't seen him in the open field a lot. I think he's got better speed than any of us might know yet. I just think he's a grease pig in the open field. I think there's some of that, too. Yeah. There's that question. Hard hard to tackle, no question. Yeah. Come, you know, the route running's very good. It, it's good for a veteran, let alone for a, a Last year, a rookie. This year, a relatively inexperienced guy. Comes out of the breaks great. Uh, knows yeah. how to shake and bake when he gets that ball under his arm. Yeah, I just wonder how much of him we saw. He was good last year. Uh, and, you know, he had that groin injury early. And I, I, it nagged him all season long. And he ended up having surgery on it. I just wonder how much. What did he really look like? We, right? you know, we, did we see him at like 80% last year? Right. Yeah, and are we, are we going to see him at 100 this year? Out, too. Yeah. Now that interesting is thought, yeah. So it's gonna be gonna be fascinating to see. Uh, of course, we talked to uh, Bob Labriola and I talked to uh, Art Rooney the second earlier uh, today. We'll play that back later in the show. But uh, he was talking about Ben Roethlisberger, and he said, you know, that was the big question, you know, that they had heading into this camp. How strong was Ben's arm? And he answered that question for them. Said it looks, you know, stronger certainly than last year, and as strong as ever, if not stronger. Yeah, Ben has said the same thing. And, uh, you know, for all the detailed analysis we've done, uh, all the minutiae they have prepared, uh, Vance McDonald kind of summed it up in, uh, in one day, right? One, one response to one question. I'm not afraid to say it. As he goes, so we go, or, you know, words to that effect. And, you know, you need more than that. But if you have that and the quarterback, then the quarterback can take you to special places. And uh, I, I think he looks real good. I, I think more highly of this, this is a sometimes a common trap to fall into in training camp, particularly when they're not playing anybody else. But I think more highly of this team than I did going into it. Yeah, I, I think yeah. the same thing. I mean, I was looking at maybe a 10 or 11 win team. I think they could, I think it could be better than that. 
Well, I agree. High praise. Yeah. Yeah, and we, you know, we talked about uh, earlier earlier today on the drive uh, some of the picks for the uh, people on NFL.com picked their Super Bowl winners of this year, and the Steelers were fourth on that list. I think so. Tied yeah. with uh, tied with San Francisco. So I think the national media is starting to to warm up to this yeah. as well that this might be a pretty good football team. Might be. Uh, you know, I thought, and and this is something we've kicked around previously but it bears repeating Dale, i think you and i were on the same page regarding the rookies and how hard it was going to be for them to contribute matt i can't remember where you stood on that you know post draft or mm-hmm. pre in the middle of the pandemic but uh i'm convinced that at least with claypool and highsmith they're gonna they're gonna get what they need uh now you know which isn't a ton necessarily but it's right. impactful right, contributions right. and even even kevin dotson looks I mean, he's hardly practiced, but uh, when he he's has, progressing. And, yeah. yeah, veteran guys are talking. Pouncey was talking about him this morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, kind of unprompted. Um, there, there's a lot to like about the draft class. And, when you know, if, if you get some impact from that and the defense is what it was a year ago and now you got Roethlisberger back, you know, it's, you got to start searching for stuff not to like, don't you? Yeah, it's funny because – Adam filled in for you one time this week on the drive, and a big topic of that that whole show or a whole hour was, let's find weaknesses on the Steelers because it's hard. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, there's a lot of teams that might have greater strengths. Well, not a lot of teams, but there's some. Oh, they got my homes, yeah. and you know, but finding what what areas really worry you, it's a thin list, and we are really reaching. Yeah, to Mike's point about the uh, you know you, they're going to get what they need out of that rookie class. Uh, a very wise man once said, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, sometime, you just, you just might find you get what you need. <laughs> and I think the Steelers may have found that with their rookie class. We'll see. We're going to get to our, our picks for this season since this is the last edition last of the training camp report here with uh, Matt, Mike, and myself. We're going to do that right after this right here on Steelers Nation Radio. This will be hint number two for Mike Pursuta, <laughs> the theme of today's music. Any ideas, Mike? Is that right now? No, you're no. thinking Van Halen right now. Yeah. That I don't know not. the name of this song, and if I tell you how I know it, it'll be too big a hint. <laughs> okay. It's serious no, just... by the Alan Parsons Project. Oh, my God. If I told you why, you, you might know it. I think it would ring a bell, but I'm not going to because it's too easy. That would Well, you only get one more song. He's only got one more song to figure this out. Wes made this difficult on him today. Like he couldn't. I, I got no idea about Serious by the Alan Parsons Project. So. <laughs> That's not I'm out of the game. But I did want to mention, since I, thought, since I thought it was right now, I, I think there's a rule. Whenever somebody wins a championship, you have to play We Are the Champions oh, by Queen. Oh, you're getting warm. When... Whenever a hockey team is facing elimination, before they come out after the pregame warm-up, before they come out to take the ice for the game, 
the arena has to crank up right now. You're really warm. Let's just tell them, Dale. Go on. We are playing arena music tonight, today, just to get us in the mood. Anthems. Oh, there you go. Anthems. Yeah. That's that's a, that song uh, right now by uh, or the Alan Parson Project uh, song is one we just played. It, it's it's one that the Bulls used to come out to back in the eighties when they when they Michael were Jordan. announcing Michael Jordan and all those guys. They turned the lights down and yeah. Okay. Well, I was yeah. kind of stumbled into it. You, you did. did. You did you well. Did. You, you got you got right there you got the, on the uh, cusp of getting it without actually getting it. So. You're in the same vibe. Like my putts. Like my putts. They get right up, right <laughs> up to the close, cup. Huh? They, I know they exactly what you mean. I, I played last week, and it, it, it rained. Apparently, everybody forgot how to pick their feet up because it had been so dry in this area. And just slug it So around. it rained the day before, and every green that I got on had footprints. Just all, like just, It looked like somebody had gone over on the, on the green with a comb. Like putting so on every the moon. putt was just jumping all over the place. I had 43 putts in a round. <laughs> In which I shot 95. Like half of my shots of were on the green. A lot of putting. Yeah. yeah. I was I was on five greens in regulation, like under regulation. You were playing for, well. I was putting for birdie five times and had one par. It was everybody else's fault. It was. How many times were you putting? How many times were you putting for bogey after you were putting for birdie? Uh, that would be four times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's. It was one of those days. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a look around the NFL here. We're going to pick our division champs. Okay. Then we'll pick the, who we think will be the wild card teams. And finally, we will pick who we think uh, the Super Bowl teams are in each conference. This might take two segments. Yeah, well, let's we got a lot to cover. right here. in. Uh, so let's look with at the. With any luck. <laughs> with any luck, with yeah. Any luck. Uh, we'll do the AFC North last. So we'll go over yep. to the NFC first. We'll pick the NFC first. How about that? So who's your NFC East champion, Matt? Dallas. Dallas. Matt is picking Dallas. Who you got, Mike? In honor of Wes, fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> On the road to victory. I love the Rocky music they play at the link right before a big Eagles game. That might be our next entry thing. I might have picked the Eagles here had they not had those two offensive line injuries. I was torn before. Now I'm I mean, towards Dallas. That, that's, that's huge. You, you have two good offensive linemen go out before the season even starts. Yeah, you for just the lost, year. Yeah, you yeah. lost all your depth on the Rager's offensive line. banged up, too. You're going to have other offensive linemen to get nicked up, and you're just not going to be able to replace them. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, so I am going to go with uh, Dallas as well to win the East. How about uh, the NFC North? I'm going to take the Detroit Lions. Rattle the cages a little bit. That would rattle the cages, Mike. Who you got in the? Who you got in the north? <laughs> I got Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. I can't mask my appreciation of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go with Green Bay. I think the Packers uh, lost the least out of that uh, division. I, I think they're Aaron Rodgers isn't what he used to be, but he's still good enough to win that division. I think my guy is the best quarterback in the division. That's fine. I think he has the worst, worst defense. Everything else around. I don't him. like his coach at all either. No, I think he's yeah. a putz. Yeah, uh, I thought it? I couldn't believe the Packers were winning as many games as they did last year. I don't think their thirteen wins good, but I think they can win ten and win that division. Yeah, I just I don't know. I sense uh, I have no real logic to it, but my spidey sense says Green Bay's taking the dive this year. Okay, I'm leaning your way. How about in the uh, NFC South? This is Saints. A, you going with the Saints? I am. Okay. 
Who you got, Mike? The uh, low-hanging fruit, the New Orleans Saints. Okay. I'm going to go with the Saints as well. Nobody taking the Buccaneers there. Yeah, I'm trying to – you know, I've heard too much. I, I, it, it's lost reality to me by now. It's kind I of reality be TV. <laughs> I, I think Brady can still play, but I just – you know, I can't do it. And out west, this might be the, maybe the most competitive uh, division yeah, good in one. the league. Uh, easily any one of these four teams could win it. Yeah, I don't think Arizona. I don't can. think they can, but, but I could. I could come up with a scenario that. where they, you know, yeah, contend for it. I'm gonna take the Hawks. I think their their back seven and their defense got a lot better. Russell Wilson. I think the Niners are gonna take a little step backwards. Mike, who you got out west? I have I have those Seahawks as well. Wow. And uh, I th- I think Pete Carroll's on a bit of a mission. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Uh, you know, that's, that's figuring this that, out now. That Super Bowl. I didn't do this ahead of time. I do <laughs> same. I put myself in the same boat as you guys. I'm going to go with Seattle as well. I, I, th- I like. I think Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in the league. All apologies to Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And I think. Uh, I think they'll do enough. Oh, best there. In, best yeah. in the conference. He's not better than Mahomes, but he's the best in the conference. I really think they're tied. To be honest with you, I think in terms of quarterback play itself, Wilson is better. I think in terms of talent, Mahomes is better. But I don't think uh, mentally he is where Wilson is at at this point in his career. Did I explain that correctly? I think so. Okay. Uh, so we got our division winners. We got four. No, three wild cards. Three wild cards. Three coming. wild cards out of each conference. Uh, Matt, who you got in the NFC? Bucks, Niners. And I'm torn between the Rams and Eagles. I'm going to go Philly. Philly special, okay. Mike, who you got? I'm going to go uh, Cowboys, Bucks, and Cardinals. Hmm. Oh, the Cardinals. I am going to go with Bucks, Minnesota, and the 49ers. Okay. Matt, you didn't, or Mike, you did not even have the 49ers making Niners the playoffs this year after getting to the Super Bowl last year. No, I did not. Interesting. I didn't have the Vikes or Packers go, and I'm just thinking some of the ones that, where we'd stand out. <laughs> yeah, well, you also had the Lions winning the I division. Did, I did. <laughs> I'll take a risk here now. Well, man. you know, they have been rebuilding since 1955. <laughs> this is their year. They are built Ford tough. <laughs> How about in the AFC? In the East, who you got, Matt? The Bills, but with like nine wins. And Mike? I I have the Bills with more than nine wins. Okay. I am also going to go with the Bills. I think uh, the Patriots are done. I kind of do too. Even though they just named Cam Newton their starter today. Not a shock. Not a shock. Uh, we'll do the AFC North last. How about in the South? This is a tough one. I like the Titans. Matt likes the Titans. Who you got, Mike? C-O-L-T-S. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, the Colts as well, even though I don't think that uh, Phillip Rivers is very good. I think they'll do enough around him to make it work. Yeah. I think he's got a much better O-line in front of him and a better team around him, and he'll have just enough left. And out in the West. 
I think I'm Kansas City Chiefs, across the board yeah, on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Springsteen. Chiefs, 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 Chiefs <laughs> going to beat, you know, what out of you. Okay. That takes us to the AFC North. I want the birdies. Okay. Matt's going with the Ravens. Mike, you going? Where are you going? I'm going to pick the Steelers. Okay. I am going to pick the Ravens as well. I think the Steelers can knock them off. No team has won the AFC North three consecutive years since the Steelers won it four times in a row from 94 to 97. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I just think that the Ravens have a really easy schedule. Uh, even easier than the one the Steelers have, and I think yep. that they'll, that will be the difference, although I think the Steelers will be neck and neck with them all season long. But So to lead us into wild cards, I will take the Steelers as a wild card. Okay. I'll take the Colts as a wild card. And I'm going to take the Texans. Mm. I was really torn on that seventh AFC team. That's a t- that's where it gets tough. That might be an 8-8 eight and eight team. Yeah. Who you got there, Mike? Ravens. Okay. Titans and Bill Belichick. Ooh, I can't go there. <laughs> I, I I will have the uh, Steelers. Um, I'm going to go Titans as well. And who is my third wild card? That team? was hard. That's the tough part. I'm going to go with the Broncos. I considered the Broncos? them. I considered the Chargers. I didn't consider the Browns until they do it. I, right. can, I can't. I can't trust that they can do it. That's yeah, the I need that's to see a winning season before yeah. I can get on board with them. So that would be uh, seven teams in each conference making the postseason, and uh, fourteen teams. Yeah, Mike, we haven't talked about this whole bubble thing that the NFL is kicking around the ideas of uh, the idea of you in favor of a playoff bubble for the playoffs in the AFC and NFC? And if so, um, where would they do said bubble? I think they'd do two of them, yeah. though, don't you think? Seven do, teams Yeah, they would do one, two bubbles. The other. Yeah. I think one makes sense having it in Orlando yeah, because you right. would then have the practice fields. Mm-hmm. But then where are you doing the other one at? Yeah, the practice field thing I hadn't thought about until you brought it up the other day. Unless I was like, you, oh, just go to India. It's unless Central, you do it in, like, Arizona but... and, you know, use all the high school fields or something in the, in the mm-hmm. area. I don't know. Call. Which I don't know, Texas maybe. I, I'm not a big bubble guy. Uh, I understand it's working in basketball and hockey. I think baseball's working. Uh, there have been some hiccups, but they're working around it. And some of that was self-inflicted, uh, you know, with guys not – I think if you, if you respect the process and the protocols, I think you can get through it. I'm also uh, – maybe I'm horribly naive, but I'm hoping that uh, maybe our outlook's a little better in November or December. Yeah, right. Could be. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Is, it, is, it just, is this just going to go on indefinitely the way it is? I, <laughs> right. I think for some people, they, they're know. acting that way. But it, it's, right. at some point, this is we've got to get through this, right? I think we'll get some answers and vaccines and things like that. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, well, let's take a break. And when we come okay. back, we'll pick our uh, conference championship winners and uh, Super Bowl winners. Right after this, he is uh, Mike Pursuta. I'm Dale Lally. That's Matt Williamson. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio.
This being played in honor of Matt's selection of the Detroit Lions to win the <laughs> NFC North. Good Lord. <laughs> I just don't like the division. Oh, my God. No time to turn. <laughs> Got to uh, lose your mind to Detroit. <laughs> Matt has lost his mind on Detroit. All right, guys. We that, picked- that, for people who don't know, just to make sure they understand it fits the uh, the team concept here, that uh, is the Red Wings take the ice song. And yeah. when they were when they had those monster teams and the Joe Louis Arena was packed and the lights would go down and they would come out, man, that place shook. You talking about like the Lindstrom teams, like when they were yeah, consistently really the, good. Uh, yeah. That when they played the Penguins in 08 and 09, the back to back Stanley Cup final series appearances. And uh man, I mean, you'd go to Red Wings practice on the off day and Gordy Howe was there. And <laughs> uh, you'd, you'd go to the Joe at night and it was just oh my God. What a what an atmosphere, what an environment. And then of course they got a much nicer arena that nobody goes to now. Right. Mostly because they stink. They're but, bad, right? Yeah, they're they're beyond bad. They're worse than the Lions. I was a big Stevie Y fan back in the day. A lot of people were. Yes, they were, the especially in Detroit, as it were. Uh, let's get to our conference championship uh, winners. Matt, who you got coming out of the NFC? Saints. Okay. I feel stronger about that side, too. Not the Lions? <laughs> Not the Lions. However, my biggest concern with the Saints, and I think they're telling us the same thing, Breeze and Slow. Those old guys, you know, that worries me a little with Ben, but like Brady, Breeze, end of the season, they start to look old. Well, they are old. They are old, right. Yeah. You can only hold up. You can only keep the, the, uh, the face on for so long, you know. Mike, who you got coming out of the NFC? I have Seattle because I think New Orleans is going to get screwed by a call and then whine about it for six months. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be kind of like Seattle in the Super Bowl, would it not? Well, yeah, but this is just the conference championship. That's true. So. Okay. I have Everything the Saints in stages, Dale. Yeah, I have the Saints uh, winning the uh, getting out of the uh, NFC as well. I think uh, they had the most complete team. In I the think NFC. so too. I think their roster's loaded. Yeah, they're the hardest team for me to find weaknesses. Yeah, but I do think that's why Jameis is and around. They've been know? knocking on the door the last uh, the last two years. I think they finally kick it in this year. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think there's a good chance of it. Okay, Bum. How'd that work out for him? Not so well. <laughs> Uh, Matt, who you got in the AFC getting out of the Baltimore Birdies? Okay, and I don't feel super strong about it. I think the Steelers have a real shot. I think the Chiefs are loaded. I just think Jackson's going to start stringing some playoff victories together. Got to do it once before he does it three times. Yep, yep. which is what he's going to might have to do. Uh, Mike, who you got? Yeah, you know who I got. I don't. Chiefs. I, I know I the don't. history of teams trying to repeat and all that. But I just. I think Mahomes is uh, out, out otherworldly great, and he's got a lot around him. And I, I think Andy Reid has always been a good coach, and uh, now he's got that burden lifted off of him. And I just, I think it's Kansas City's time here for the near future. Do you feel like the NFC or AFC West is the new AFC East? Where there's just, I do. Yeah. You're just one I, team just I owns do. it for a decade. Yeah. It, help, it helps. He already you know owned gonna... all those teams in that division. He did to begin yeah. with. You're yeah. right. Even with they, Alex they Smith. They never and, beat him. Right. Yeah. You're right. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Okay. I think they come through the uh, as a wild card and, and, and have the – I think they have the goods to, to do it this year. I don't think that's far-fetched. I think it's – I think they've, you know, lessened the gap between those teams 
um, that you know when, when this training camp started, I, I think everybody, and rightfully so, thought that there were those two teams in the AFC and then everybody else was farther behind them. I don't think the Steelers are as far behind them um, as a lot of people may think. I agree with you. I also think the Steelers' D plays the Ravens' O as well as anyone will. I would agree. You know yeah, what I mean? I would agree with that. And uh, let's I go. Would, I would. Well, when you say as well as anyone. Right. I'm not saying I'm going to shut them down. Okay. Or... I, I see the way you're wording that. But they, they, they could do better against the Ravens. And they might. They might. But they hold them to in the in the first game here last year with uh, Rudolph. Uh, that was what twenty points in regulation. Uh, there was what was that game twenty nine twenty six or something like uh, that. It was twenty six I mean, twenty three. Okay, I mean they, they you know they yeah. gave it up at the end uh, to let them tie it, and of course there was a penalty on Ola that was a factor that the Steelers didn't think was a penalty, but uh, there was also a, I, they do they do have the a, right idea. There was also a touchdown there that they handed them on a. Jalen Samuels pass. Let's not let's not forget that mm. too. That is a <laughs> irrelevant statement there. Yeah. Right, Still, they, they, they could do a little better, but uh, I I do not see that as an inconceivable selection, Dale. So who you got? Uh, let's go to Mike. Okay. You got to pick first. All these other time, Mike. Uh, you got Seattle and the Chiefs. Who you got winning it? Yeah. Chiefs. Chiefs going to beat the the uh, Seahawks right out of uh, town. I'll, I'll take They're the Ravens. Beat everybody for a while. They might. They might. I'll, I'll take the Ravens over the Saints on some bad call at the end, and they'll cry about it for six months. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to take the Saints over the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I think Drew Brees goes out on top, John Elway-esque. Uh, they carry him out, and he retires and heads off to the booth. Could happen. They're all in. They're a good team. Yeah, I think they're good. I think both. I, I think there are like five really good football teams in the league right now. And then there's a little bit of a gap. I'm kind of with you. I think there's four. We didn't, we didn't give the Niners a lot of love. We didn't. And I think that, I think that Super Bowl hangover is real. I think that is a difficult offseason coming off that. I also think they have some injuries now. Yeah, the re- their receiver position really worries it's me. It's a little bang. And I know they don't want to throw the football, but if you know, oh, that you not know throw I don't the know football. what you're worried about the receivers for. They got the quarterback that can work around. Oh wait, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jimmy G is. Uh, well, I think Dallas is. Really he is Mister League Average. That uh, Dallas wor- Dallas's defense worries me. I agree. I, mean, I, I think that offensively they're good. I don't know that they're. Kansas City or Baltimore offense good? See, I was just about to say I think they're Kansas City good on offense. I don't know about that. I, and they can rush the passer. Uh, that, that offensive line, I think, took some hits. A little bit, I yeah. don't know that it's going to be as good. Um, we'll see. I, mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to be good. I don't know that they're one of those upper echelon teams just yet. I think they're with the Steelers as, like, my tier two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mike, uh but to wrap up the uh, your hour with the show here, here um, after we've done our picks now, um, you got some thoughts on what you've seen this year camp, at camp to wrap this thing up. What do you got? Yeah, I wanted to put a bow on it, and uh, I'm a big fan of that seven shots drill. I used to love reporting that in Latrobe and keeping score every day and keeping it throughout the you know who won camp and that kind of thing. So uh, I have parting shots, and there are seven of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, they're basically trying to identify, you know, the themes that have emerged here at training camp. First one, uh, guess who's back is pretty obvious. Ben Roethlisberger just towered over this thing, in my opinion. He was the guy that everybody wanted to see more than any other. 
And the only discouraging words we've heard were Mike Tomlin on a couple <laughs> occasions saying the spiral wasn't quite as tight as he has seen it previously. But as we mentioned a, a moment ago, uh, Roethlisberger thinks his arm might be stronger. Kevin Colbert thinks he might be better. You know, th- we're talking than ever. Uh, I'll take my chances with that. I'm exceeded expectations, right? By greatly. Did mine. Really yeah. didn't know yeah. what to expect, yeah, to be right. quite frank with you. I mean, I just, you know, you know, I thought, well, maybe if he's, you know, 80, 85% of what he was before, mm-hmm. then they'll be okay. Or maybe they'll nurse him along. Yeah. He won't or, throw that yeah, much. He won't throw that much. Um, you know, I thought really they would I, – I really, I thought they would monitor that and mm-hmm. kind of limit his throwing. They really didn't do that, especially that first week. They let him go basically every day. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised with what I've seen from him. All the, the tea leaves I'm reading are highly, highly positive. And like you said, I mean, if they were – if he was on a pitch count or, hey, sit this day out, I mean, it would make you worry. That's kind of what I expected. You know, I mean, that's the yeah. usual gradual progression of it. But they didn't do much of that, huh? No, no. It seems like it's full go, and they're they're excited. He's excited. And uh, what do you got for number two, Mike? Number two is defense. Uh, you know, not uh, exactly a revelation, but uh, that unit looks to be in in lockstep with what the expectations were. Uh, we heard from Minka Fitzpatrick saying the only time the offense makes a play is when the defense screws up. We heard T.J. Watt say the defense is making life really hard on the offense, and we heard Roethlisberger say the defense has been winning the 11 on 11 uh, competition periods. Uh, that's good enough for me. Uh, third one is also one we've kind of hit hard on these shows. I call it as advertised. That would be Chase Claypool and Alex Highsmith. Uh, the veteran players have talked about these guys. Mike Tomlin has said they have proven that they belong. If they contribute that way, uh, really, really bodes well for the Steelers. Then the fourth one, I don't know if you guys are going to agree with this one or not. I uh, channeled, uh, my inner Bruce Willis went a little diehard here with welcome to the party, pal. Uh, and that is the the number of players who have kind of emerged at least as part of uh, the discussion or created a little buzz. I'm talking about Curtis Riley, uh, Marcus Allen, Jason Pierre, Ray Ray McDonald, Henry Mondo, uh, guys who uh, were kind of afterthoughts going in and all of a sudden uh, they've gotten into some conversations. What do you think about that? I, I tell you what, Mike, I, I like what I've seen from all of those guys. I mean, I think that, again, it talks to that uh, depth that we that uh, you know we were concerned about uh, with this team going into camp. Um, I feel better about that. Again, you're, you're watching these guys, though, working against backups on this team. I would have loved to have seen some of these guys in the preseason. Yeah, Mondo was on my – he was already on my radar uh, going into this camp. I actually had him on my mm. pre-camp 53 – uh, I don't know that that happens now, but he's certainly pushing for a spot on that. Um, you know, Raleigh wasn't even on the team when they started camp. They yeah, signed him a nice couple days up, in. Huh? That, was, yeah. that seems to be a really nice pickup for them. And some of these other guys, uh, you know, as you said, they, they've emerged. I I was ready to write Marcus Allen off, and you know, I, I don't nice know. Was I. I don't know that he's going to be a starting linebacker in the league or anything close to that. But if he can give them some snaps, right, uh, in the middle of that dime defense or something like that, then he's contributing. Yeah, I, I mean, all summer I didn't even – he never even crossed my mind. Right, I'm like, oh, yeah. he's, he's gone. I mean, we, we saw enough. He's yeah. done. So everything's been positive on him. Number five, uh, waiting on a friend as we uh, get a little more Rolling Stones references going. Uh, you know, David DeCastro is not practicing. He has not practiced much. 
I'm not real concerned about it yet, but, you know, starting next week, uh, that situation may be subject to change. Thomas called it lower body injury, says they're managing it. I don't think Dave DeCastro needs to practice. He was probably the guy who was most adamant that they don't need to play preseason games <laughs> of all the people that we talked to. But, boy, I want him out there on September 14th. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, especially that, that G- the Giants do have uh, the the one thing that they have on defense is a couple of big pigs in the middle. Um, right. Yeah, they are a plug you up yeah, type. Of, you're that's, right. That's the one thing on that defense that does. You know, they, they do have some guys there that, that can make life miserable on you if you if you're playing a lesser guy. So uh, it would be good to have him out there. I don't know that, given their depth on the offensive line, which uh, again was a, a bit of a question mark going into this camp. Um, I feel a little better about that, but. You'd still like to have David DeCastro out there on the field. No, no. Question. I like depth. I like all pros better. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Number six, no stone unturned. You know, we, we think about training camp. Dale, Matt, at least when I think about training camp, I'm thinking, oh, when's backs on backers? When's the live goal <laughs> line? Uh, are they going to do red zone today? Is there going to be a two-minute drive? But uh, their detailed work, and we got a good dose of this the last two days, you know, practicing – getting the friggin' offense off the field and the punt team on the field and making sure you have 11 at a time. And just uh, the, the way that Mike Tomlin and his staff cover every base for these guys impresses me every year, and uh, they've done it again. I uh, said it yesterday. I'll say it again tonight. If somebody totally screws something up and reacts the wrong way, it's not because they haven't been told how to do it the right way. Yeah, think about it this way, Mike. They actually simulated – a road game in their home stadium, getting ready for a road game, and they simulated yeah. a, a home game in their own stadium as part of this whole process. They just spent a practice, a, a day, like here's what we're going to do when we're on the road. Here's how you, here's how you're going to get taped. Here's how you're wow. going to do all this stuff because they didn't have a preseason. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, I mean, that's, never done that's, it. That's the kind of detail that yeah. they went into in this camp, and I don't know that everybody around the league did that. It's interesting, I, but, Mike. When you were saying that, I'm th- thinking. Some Steeler Nation people are probably out there going, come on, you're just giving guys credit for doing their job. Everybody does that stuff. But not really. You know, I mean, the attention to detail is really impressive, important. And it goes back to some of these first-time head coaches. They're not thinking about those small minutia things, you know? That's a great point. I mean, to, to Dale's point, they introduced the offense before a practice in an empty stadium. <laughs> really? They, they had their team run out of the visiting tunnel. They had the they had the offense wear the black jerseys one night practice, and then the white jerseys the next. I mean, just if there's something they missed, I don't know what it could possibly be. And uh, last but probably not least, finding uh, the uh, the X-ray machine in Oakland. Yeah, there you go. That would be yeah, about the only yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Good. Yep. Um, you know the uh, the mood of the country has also been ever present. Uh, the NFL's uh, initiative for social justice has been ever present. And I want to go back to last Friday. Uh, I just call this last uh, parting shot words that will resonate. The Steelers asked Mike Tomlin, their coach, to speak for them in response. They, some people in a lot of the sports didn't practice or didn't play. The Steelers went about their business and they said, Coach, speak for us. And he ends up borrowing from the Constitution. Uh, emphasizing that the Steelers want to be, and I'll quote him again, active participants in the formation of a more perfect union. Um, That's been America's goal since 1789, and I don't know who could not be behind that. That has nothing to do 
with political affiliation. It has nothing to do with who you voted for. It has nothing to do with your race. It has nothing to do with your economic standing. It was about let's try to come together and be better. Let's try to be more perfect. And um, that really hit home with me. Um, I'm not going to forget that for a long, long time. Standing in that stadium while I was actually broadcasting with Missy, but listening to his words echo and reverberate, uh, and the meaning behind them, it, it felt like something much bigger than a football coach uh, giving a speech. It was, uh, I'm going to use the word inspiring because uh, hmm. I think it was. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, standing there watching him do that and uh, recording it for posterity's sake so I could get it out to the masses, um, you know, was something, uh, you know, you're listening to the words uh, that they were saying. You're seeing, you know, everybody standing there arm in arm. Uh, it was a, a really, uh, striking moment um, you know it's one that I will probably take that will be the the lasting uh, memory that I take out of this particular training camp I think that was that night uh, so you know a little bit of rain coming down and, and those guys all coming together again to your point when everybody else was talking about why they weren't practicing why they weren't going about their business uh, the Steelers continuing to go about their business while also De, uh, dealing with that uh, situation in their own way goes back to uh, what Art Rooney uh, told uh, Bob Labriola and I today uh, about this team's professionalism and the way that they've gone Absolutely. about this in a very business-like manner. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I'm not critical of how other people handle. No, it. you handled I mean, how you handle it. it. Yeah, I respect their decisions, but I appreciate the way the Steelers went about it. And the thing that really hit me with Tomlin was he didn't attack anyone or blame anyone. You know, if, if you're trying to end division and promote unity, you got to unify. Correct. And if you are an American citizen, how can you not be in favor of trying to form a more perfect union? Regardless of what else you back or don't back, that should be job one for all of us, right? So maybe that's a starting point. Yeah, I agree. And uh, great stuff there from you, Mike Pursuta. That really puts a, does put a bow on this camp, and uh, we're going to let captured you go. Captured the spirit of the thing? Yeah, he caught the spirit. Yeah, yeah, he captured the spirit of the thing. That was very good. Dickie Dunn-like on your part. Uh, but we're going to let you go. We appreciate all your contributions to this show uh, over the course of this training camp. Uh, we will not, of course, be doing a training camp report tomorrow. We're wrapping it up oh. today. And uh, oh. we appreciate uh, your all your uh, contributions to this, Mike. Hey, thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we got the band back together. We got the first line out there in the critical situations for the key off- offensive zone faceoffs. I think we put the puck in the net. We're ready to head into the season. We, this was training camp for us as well. Mike, so. and you and I from a week from now too, right? We're going to be getting after it every week. Week from week from tonight, baby. Oh yeah, we'll be playing. Uh, they'll, they'll be teeing it up, and we'll be watching. Uh, he is uh, Mike Persuda. I'm Dale Lolly. That's Matt Williamson. Yeah, you were listening to the training camp report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, we're going to take a break. Matt and I will be back right after this.
Welcome back to the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lally here with uh, Matt Williamson. We appreciate uh, Mike Pursuta and all of his uh, contributions to this show over the last yeah, month. it's been a lot of fun first hours. Yeah, we've we've uh, gotten through it all, and, and uh, we're now ready to roll into a regular season. Uh, as are a number of teams, we're seeing some uh, housekeeping moves being made around the league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Texans are working on a Deshaun Watson deal in the range of what uh, Russell Wilson got. Really? I bet that one's a little sticky, just because he can't get Mahomes' money. But how do you quite sit down with him and be like, well, you're a little worse than that? You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I know that's how negotiations yeah, go, and you, yeah. you hurt feelings or whatever. But, boy, I don't think he's far off. I'm not saying he's Wilson or Mahomes, but I think he could be one of the absolute premier quarterbacks of this generation. Yeah, I think so as well. And, boy, they've, they've you know, they've not got a lot around him at this point. No. He's going to have to be captain fantastic. Uh, but they always go to the playoffs. They yeah. always win eight games. You know, I mean, even with Schaub and Osweiler and those guys, let alone that, you know, that dude. Yeah. They also don't have any first-round picks for a while. Either. Yeah. He, they're not going to help him out for quite a while. <laughs> right. Uh, the Patriots have named Cam Newton their starting quarterback. That's no real surprise. No there. real shock. Yeah. I mean, I think he was playing games for a while, you know, yeah, who, who, you know for, the, for the week one opponent. But... You're either running Cam stuff in practice or you're running Stidham and Hoyer stuff in practice, and they're not going to waste time doing both. <laughs> uh, the Browns made a trade today. They acquired uh, safety uh, Ronnie Harrison from the Jaguars, who apparently are getting rid of anybody. Anybody that wants out. That yeah, wants right. out of there. Uh, who the heck are the Jaguars going to line up Their defense would be Sundays? so bad. Uh, they they got him for a fifth-round draft pick. I believe he was a third-round pick two years ago. I think ago. so. Yeah. I, I mean, I liked him coming out of Bama. And we've talked a lot about the Browns being a little light, or very, very light, in the middle of the field defense, second, he's third level. He's a box safety. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so he's a, a linebacker safety hybrid type guy. He'll help with that a little bit. And he's been good for them. I think he, might, he probably only has like one more deal, one more year in his contract, or maybe uh, even expires after this one. I think he was in he was in the 2018 draft, so he probably has two more years. Oh, okay. Left. He's yeah. younger than I thought. Yeah. Well, why is Jacksonville moving on from that? No I mean, idea. Yeah, just get rid of everything yeah, that's just, worth anything. Yep. Uh Speaking of which, the uh, the Cowboys have cut Ha Ha Clinton Dix. He's a good player, you know. Like I, I did that twenty five top safeties. I didn't even consider him. And but there's something missing, you know. Like he was a first round pick. He's with bounced a lot around of quite a bit now. He's he's on a new team every year. Like that's a huge red flag that nobody's just said, "Hey, you're our safety. We're gonna we know you. and We're gonna keep you." And for them to move on though, that's one of their weaker positions. Yeah, it looks like uh, Darian Thompson will be the starter there. Okay. I liked him a little bit coming out. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, he's he's only started four games. He started four games last season. Is that it for them? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That doesn't bode well for Ha Ha Clinton Dix. No, uh, getting cut this late in the process too is. You, you know, don't see many guys that are cut after a pretty decent free agent deal just a month or two before. Like, yeah, I mean, they just gave him a signing bonus. Um, the Eagles and Zach Ertz have broken off contract talks after their latest offer. Um, I'm assuming he wants something more than what Austin Hooper got. He's not going to get what what. Yeah, know, I don't think he's Kelsey, Kelsey Kittle, and Kittle. Calm, yeah. yeah, not not quite to that level. But and he's a little older. They don't have. I mean, again, they're a team that's almost ninety million dollars over next year's cap. I know, and they finagle the cap really well. But you're right. I mean, they're the worst cap strapped team. I wonder next if year. if like they open like, hey, we're going to talk to him about this stuff, but. We're not really serious about it. We just want to maybe, be, yeah. He's got two years left on his deal. We'll, we'll tell him we'll we'll, we'll approach him again mm-hmm. after the season. 
just to keep him happy. I don't know why I say this. Maybe just because tight ends fade away slow and he's still playing well and he's been Wentz's safety blanket. But he seems like a forever eagle. But it might not be the smart move. You know, I mean, Goddard's sitting there. They've got Goddard, yeah. And you move on from Ertz and and get some more big play weapons on the outside and just design your offense a little differently. Play more three wide. And I think that's more Wentz-friendly. I agree. Um, the uh, Seahawks have re-signed Josh Gordon. I saw that. Uh, does he have any suspensions or anything? I didn't see any I of the details like that. I don't believe so, but so yeah. I don't know that he's good anymore. I though. don't know that he's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know that he's good at football at this right. point in his career. He lumbers and conditioning was an issue there at the end. And I mean, he's not young. I mean, I think it was 2013 was his year. It's a long time it's ago. It's been a long. It's more than five years ago. Yeah, I mean he he's blew up. he's in his thirties now. I mean right, he's, he's right. not a young man. Um, I, I wouldn't put a lot. I wouldn't go running to pick him yeah, up for your fantasy yeah, team don't, or anything. Uh, don't right. think that's the one that's going to put them over the top. No. I know Mike picked him to win the Super Bowl, but no, I hear you. But, but or get to the Super Bowl. I mean, I assume that means AB is not going to be a hawk. I think that's a pretty good assumption. I yeah. think that's safe to say. Yeah. Uh, not only did the, the Patriots name Cam Newton their starting quarterback, they've named him one of their team captains. The the things I heard, and I always didn't know if I should believe him or not, but uh, actually they were from Mike Reese, who's really dialed in. I think he's very good at his job up there as a beat reporter. Said that he is very popular with his teammates, and all that stuff has gone really, really well. I mean, who's to say? I, I mean, I don't know. He's a flamboyant guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, typically your quarterback is one of your team leaders anyways. Right, right. You know, that's that's goes without saying, but, uh, you know, to, to have a guy who's been with the team for four weeks all of a sudden, <laughs> right. hey, you're a captain. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I do. It I does, do it does kind of also point to the fact that the Patriots don't have a lot of returning guys. No, so, I mean, a couple of linemen and Edelman, but you're not going to give it to Nikhil Harry or Sony Michelle or yeah. you know, Harris. To your or, point, you, bra- you brought ends. this one up earlier today. What do they have, like 45% of their defensive just snaps? just under that. Yeah, of, returning this year. Right. I mean, and most of it's like the front seven, as you mentioned. I mean, the secondaries are strength, and they're bringing it back. But they're bringing back less than 45% of the defensive snaps they had accumulated last year. That's, that's a lot. That's It's a league high by far. Yeah, that's and a it was lot. A, and that's what they were good at last year. Yeah. And that's the only thing they really They were built, to, and they're built to win with defense. The offense right. still isn't. It's, it's probably going to be run heavy and play close games, and uh, God bless them if they, if they pull out a few. But better be good on special teams and things like that, which yeah. I'm sure they will be. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think they're going to be in for a long year. I know Mike picked them to go to, this, to uh, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I see that. I don't. I mean, I think the, the division winner in that division could be an eight and eight team, though. Yes. Or nine and seven, yeah. and somebody probably wins nine just because of the rest of the division's awful. But. Yeah, I would think the Bills and Pats probably both win four games in the division, something like that. Yeah. Uh, looking at that, obviously earlier today, uh, the the Patriots cut Mohamed Sanu, who they gave up a second round pick last year to yeah. acquire. Bad business. Yeah, Belichick and his wide receivers. Right. You know, you talk about the Steelers and their cornerbacks. It's Belichick and the wide receivers might be just as bad. Oh, it's worse because they've used a lot of second-round picks and trading picks and giving pretty good money. (laughs) Right, yeah. I mean, Chad Johnson, you know, I mean, besides besides the little slot dudes, I mean, like they traded for Welker, which was genius at the time, and they gave up a fifth-round pick for Randy Moss, which worked out okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But a, a lot of the guys they've tried to acquire since that, what, 2011 team, not even close to really hitting. Uh, we didn't talk about this one. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts uh, earlier this week uh, released, uh, I think it was yesterday, fullback Roosevelt Knicks. Yeah, I did. I, I saw that. I thought we'd at least chat about it a little. Yeah. Um, 
Not a lot of teams play with a fullback. That's the thing. is, And I, I don't know that his knee isn't still an issue for him. I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. He probably puts a lot of stress on it, too. He's a heavy guy and pound, you know. And maybe they don't recognize how good a special teamer he is or maybe he doesn't move in the open field like he used to in the, as a special teamer. And probably, I mean, I'm totally guessing, but is anybody going to want him? I mean, he's a real throwback. He's not like Watt or Juszczyk or one of those right. types. Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's not a guy who's going to catch a lot of passes. Mm-hmm. or be a, He does one thing well. Right. Uh, looking around the league here at some of the uh, the releases, it looks like the Eagles have pretty much released all their guys. Have uh, they? Yeah, Elijah Holyfield, Adrian Killens, Michael Warren, Manasa Bailey, the, the four wide receivers, Deontay Burnett, Travis Fulgham, and Marcus Green. Tyrone swoops at tight end. Mm. Uh, guard Julian Good-Jones, uh, center Luke uh, Juriga, and defensive backs Grayland Arnold and Elijah Riley. That looks like about ten guys, so they've That's about jumped it then. into this early. I got to think that these next couple, and even like the next 24 hours, they don't have to do it for two days, but get them out of the building, you know, move on. I'm sure, as you mentioned, or we've talked about a lot, Steelers are practicing against scout team. Uh, they, they know who who they're keeping, who they're not. Pretty Might good well idea do it at this quicker point, yeah. than now and not deal with the extra COVID tests and all those things. I bet we get flooded with that in the next you know few hours maybe. Yeah. The Vikings released a couple of guys that I've at least heard of. Okay. <laughs> um, defensive tackle Anthony Zettel. Okay. And uh, linebacker Quentin Poling. Okay. I mean, yeah, that doesn't shock me. I mean, I don't think no. they're earth-shattering dudes. but Not starter-quality material. No, but, but they've the, been in the league. Yeah, feel like you have good depth there and you let those guys go. The Panthers released uh, wide receiver Tommy Lee Lewis. He's been in the league for a few years. Yeah, a little jitterbug guy. Yeah. I've heard good things about Rodney Anderson down there, too. Yeah, so uh, – we're starting to see some of these these things start to trickle in. At the, obviously, uh, Saturday by four o'clock will be te- when teams have to mm-hmm. have those uh, rosters trimmed to, to their. Well, they'll be down to fifty three, and then they'll add a bunch of guys back on, right. on Sunday. But but I bet there's some brand name guys. You know, we you know, we talked about like Jordan Dangerfield, rather Jordan Dangerfield or three million. If right, the and I'm sure that's where it comes down right. to with a guy like Zettel. Like, right, hey, exactly. Or like, Haha Clinton Dix. Like, hey, we can save a million and a half dollars here. We're tight up against it. We need to sign Dak. You well, know. we're going to be tight against it next year. Exactly. We can roll we'll that cash over. Year, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can see some teams making moves of that nature. Maybe that happens with uh, the Steelers in the punter position too. Yeah, we'll that makes some sense. Yeah. I mean, if you moved on from Dangerfield and Barry, what's that? About five million to pick up? Yeah. Uh, that's significant. Cash. That's significant. Yeah. Again, especially when you can roll it over to next year, or if you're trying to, uh, for example, get Cam uh, Hayward signed before the start of this season, mm-hmm. or maybe somebody that gets cut. You could yeah. There might be somebody that interests right, you there. Right, right. So, it, all interesting. Uh, these next uh, couple, uh, well, forty-eight to, to seventy-two I think hours. Be, yeah. Be Cuts will be interesting this year for sure. Fascinating things to keep an eye on. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. You are listening to the uh, the training camp report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And, uh, Matt, we've uh, heard from a lot of different players on this show uh, over the course yeah. of, the, uh, of this training camp. Pretty much every starter at one point or another has appeared. Including the head coach, the general yeah. manager. Yeah, right. We've heard from a lot of different people. Different one coaches. guy one guy we hadn't heard from, though, yet, though, was Marquise Pouncey. 
Right. He kept putting us off. He was supposed to talk last weekend. He didn't talk. He was right, had right, something right. else going on. And you know, so. I didn't put two and two together on that. I'm like, yeah, you would have assumed he would have by now. I mean, he's such a hadn't one happened of the faces yet. of the team. Yeah. yeah, hadn't happened yet. So I thought it was uh, significant that he spoke today, kind of to put a bow in the camp, as much as uh, as Mike did earlier right. in the show. I like it. Yeah. So let's uh, let's hear back from Pouncey. Uh, our Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's what Marquise Pouncey had to say earlier today. Well, you know, we talked with Cam Hayward and Vince Williams over the weekend um, about the team's involvement with social justice. And you're someone who's been very involved in the police community in Pittsburgh. And the new wave of athlete activism has been spurred by acts of police brutality. So I'm just curious, how do you handle conversations around police brutality? And what's your role been on the team's social justice committees? I think it's kind of obvious. Um what my, what my stand view is and my point is on it. Uh, obviously there's some bad apples in every organization that you look at. And uh, it's hard to pinpoint to say every cop is bad. And I know that's truly not the case because I, I work with a lot of them, I'm friends with a lot of them, but I know there is a, you know, an issue that we have to clean up and uh, hopefully that we can get on the same board. I think we've been working with the cops, you know, tremendously over the past couple of years, as far as doing stuff in the community with them, getting the community involved, giving money to them, helping them out in different areas. But um, I mean, it is just, right there in plain sight that you know some something has to change and uh hopefully everyone's on board with that and we'll see how the, the near future comes. Ray Fittipaldo, Post Gazette. Hey Marquise, uh you played yeah. alongside Ramon and Dave for so long. What's it been like this camp playing with Matt, Stefan, and now even Dotson, uh, you know, trying to build that chemistry as you as the uh, season nears? Uh, what matters is it's come along really easily. Um, we've been around each other a long time. Um, he's obviously a strong player. He can move really, really well. Um, he's locked into the offense. He knows uh, the ins and outs, how we block and how we protect. And uh, I just think with the other guys, you know, Dotson's he's a younger guy. He's trying to learn. Um, he's very, very strong, powerful. He can move well. Obviously, when you're a young guy, you're doing a whole bunch of wild stuff. But uh, I think he's going to be a great player here pretty soon down the line. But, uh, you know, we is a veteran player. Um, he's a really, really smart guy. He kind of knows the ins and outs of football. Um, he knows how to adjust whenever blocks come and things like that. But uh, it's good to have another voice in there that, you know, can talk a little bit deeper about defenses and understanding the true game. Howdy, Oxenrider, PXI. Hey, Pounce, how's it going? It's going well. How you doing? Get your coffee yet? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Can't, can't start the morning without it. <laughs> Are you uh, – good to talk to you. Are you uh, ready to be – to be done with with the way this offseason has been and uh, not only the virtual offseason, but now the training camp that you've had. Um, I know you guys have gotten down to business, but are you kind of a week from tonight, the NFL starts and week from Monday, you guys kick off. Uh, are you ready to get on with it? Oh, for sure. I like normalcy, but I understand right now that uh, we got to abide by some of the protocols that are going on. Uh, it was at first a little adjustment period to try to get used to it. You know, as the older player, you kind of, want to come in and have your same routine as you always do, but uh, you've got to understand the, the bigger picture and things and trying to keep people safe and things like that. So uh, we kind of understand it, man, but yeah, you're right. I kind of want normalcy. Teresa Varley, Steelers.com. Happy belated. <laughs> Thanks, Bounce. Good morning. Hey, Good morning. you know, you just said you like normalcy. You're getting Ben Roethlisberger back at quarterback this year. 
that the normalcy that you love the most? <laughs> I think that's for the whole Steeler Nation. Uh, to see him back there, man, to see how comfortable he's been, to see how motivated he is, uh, to watch his whole process of going through the surgery and then being able to come back like this in year 17. It's um, been incredible to watch, man. Uh, I know injuries are not hard, and especially at that age, man, but he's been out there rocking, man. He's a true leader, man, a true soldier, and uh, you can really appreciate the type of players. That is normalcy for sure. Jeff Hawthorne, 93.7. Hey, Marquise. Hope you and your family are well. Doing well, um, man. I, me and Al had that interview in the offseason, man. You know, gave you guys some good views. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay away from that. Uh, uh, it was funny. Send us the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I am wondering, as someone that's been outspoken on social issues, what you think about other athletes now involving their voice uh, in the process? I think there's, there's an awesome platform for guys to do that. Um, I think that, you know, we don't realize how much our, and how big our platform is. And some guys try to wait till they're done playing to use their voice. Some, and it doesn't react the same way because when you're in this position, I try to tell people all the time, man, we can write, rewrite practices. We can rewrite uh, how to run a play or a defense, but you can't re rewrite how to stand united and all is one as a sports league. And I think uh, that was a good start. You know, it showed a lot of, you know, people in leagues around here that these guys are serious, man. And uh, hopefully, Everyone sees how serious we are and jump on board with it. All right, I'll give you that check. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Will Graves, AP. Pounce, uh, good to see you. I know this seems like a million years ago now, but uh, when the CBA stuff was coming up, you were pretty outspoken that you were pretty, seemed to be dead set against sort of the proposal that was approved. I guess, what are your thoughts on it now, looking at the uncertainty that sort of lies ahead? financially for the NFL is at least give you some solace that at least there's a labor deal impact and you're not looking at what the NBA and the NHL are looking at in terms of uh, uncertain futures? Uh, I've been in the game a long time. So to sit here and say the NFL is going to be hurting for money, um, I find that hard to believe. Um, there's always a cap number put in place to kind of put the players in check and make sure that they're not overdoing anything, in my opinion. But uh, to say the NFL won't hit numbers as far as TVs, as far as advertisement, to make up some of that money, as far as to say, to say that they're going to lose, uh, it would be hard for me to, to believe that. Last time we did a CBA deal, $300 million was randomly missing, and then it got brought back into discussion. So um, that's my stance. And I think there's a lot of great owners around the league, but, you know, they, they, they're billionaires for a reason. They're, they're very smart financially. Chris Carter, DK. Hey, Marquise. I wanted to hear from your perspective as you were the guy that was drafted 10 years ago to start to change the offensive line and to set the tone. And now you're in a situation where you've worked with guys like David DeCastro for several years and you talked about the new guys come in. What's your perspective as far as where this offensive line is headed and just the journey that you've been on seeing the change over the past decade and heading into this new decade? It's been a fun experience, man. Um, as you get older, you, you know, they bring in guys and you're just so built on trying to create them and help them become great players and, you know, so they can go on and, and be there, you know, have great careers and futures. But um, I think the Steelers have done a great job of bringing guys in and as far as draft picks and, you know, free agency guys. But the young guys they got coming up right now as far as Dawson and, you know, some of the uh, Chooks and Banner, I think, you know, the Steelers are headed in the right direction. And, um, you know, it's very, very positive, man. I, I, I just enjoy the moments, man, because as you get older, man, you kind of lose some of the stuff that you kind of look forward to, man. And, um, them guys have brought a lot of energy back to the room, man, and I really appreciate that. Mark Cavalli, The Athletic. Mark. Hey, what's up, Pounce? Um, back, 
Hey, uh, back to that CBA question that Will asked. Do you think the timing was good on that, where you guys signed it right before the uh, COVID stuff, or was that a bad situation? What's your thoughts on the timing of it, and would you have signed it if you knew what was going on, you know, a month later? No, I still feel the same exact way. Uh, to say that uh, I still think that we should have waited and got everything that we wanted. To say that the NFL is hurting and guys are signing multi-million dollar deals, and I, I – for me, I just don't understand what the, the whole narrative is. If, if that was the case, then why are guys getting paid? But um, we'll see how things turn out. Brooke Pryor, ESPN, follow-up. Hey, Pence, I know you ended the season with the knee injury. I was just wondering how severe was that injury and when were you kind of cleared to start returning uh, to football practice? Well, I, I tore my meniscus. So um, they just wanted me to – I could have got the surgery, but they kind of wanted me to rehab it and see how things kind of played out with it. Because, you know, as being as old a player, that's kind of like your lubrication for uh, your bone on point, your bone on bone joints. And uh, I think it was a smarter decision for me just to rehab it throughout the off season. I had a lot of time to really work and get myself strong in that area. And uh, I kind of got lucky with the aspect of it not catching and not being a lingering issue. So hopefully it stays that way throughout the season. And uh, we'll see how things turn out. All right, we have time for two more. Mike Prezuda, DBE. Hey, Marquise. Uh, Troy Vincent said that the players have the right to protest and sit out games. Do you see uh, any of that happening with the Steelers this year? No, not sitting out games, no. no, no, no. We, our platforms are huge to speak out on, but I also think um, football is our, our main objectives in our lives, but we can't ever forget the simple fact that football is a game and there are people going on with real issues. So we're here to step up on the plate on that and understand the the significance as far as our voices and as far as pushing change, but uh, sitting out a game would be hard uh, to say in my eyes. That was Steelers All-Pro Center Marquise Pouncey uh, earlier today with the media. Um, obviously, uh, he's got a lot in his mind. I took a video of him yesterday okay. throwing passes. <laughs> to, uh, to Villanueva, you mentioned yeah, that earlier. With, yeah, with Al Villanueva as the wide receiver. They were, they were snapping the ball, like Pouncey was simulating the snap, and then Al was going out and Pouncey was hitting him on several different routes. They were in a slant and a post. And, and the little I've seen in their history, those two are better than most 300-pounders are doing that. They you know, can like move, Pouncey yeah. and Ben have that throwing contest, and Villanueva has a wide receiver history, which is bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys have done those things, which is yeah. pretty funny. It is pretty funny. He's a he's a fun guy. I think that's why all the teammates love him. And, sure. And kind of gravitate to him. But uh, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll hear from Steelers President Art Rooney II right after this. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my home. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying, you're so scared and alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows, and I don't have very long. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Matt, uh, earlier today, Bob Labriola uh, came into studio and mm-hmm. replaced you for a few minutes as we... Uh, we had Art Rooney II give us a call, and uh, we, we talked to him for about 15 minutes. Brought the, the big guns in to talk to the biggest gun. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's exactly what that's happened. That's how it went. Yeah, that's exactly how it worked. Uh, but I thought he had a lot of interesting things to say. Obviously, uh, you know, fans in the stadiums was a big topic, and sure. and some of the financial stuff that uh, is going to be uh, still up in the air, troubling the league right. here over over the next year. Or so. Uh, I wanted to get to that. Our training camp, tra- yeah, our Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F one fifty is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, here's what Art Rooney the second had to say earlier today with Bob Labriola and myself. You're tuned to the drive on your twenty four seven home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. This is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally, uh, joined here today with by Bob Labriola, the editor of uh, Steelers Digest and Steelers.com. Uh, we're pleased to be joined now as well by uh, Art Rooney II, the Steelers president, uh, kind enough to uh, to give us a few minutes of his very busy schedule uh, here. And Art, I know you guys are, are really... Uh, uh, again, a week out from the start of the of the 2020 NFL regular season, uh, we found out last week that there would not be uh, fans at Heinz Field, at least uh, as, as the uh, release said, in the month of September. Uh, can you just take us through a little bit how those negotiations took place and, and who was involved with that? Was it just you guys and the Eagles? Were there was there anybody else involved with that and and uh, how they came to this this kind of uh, pronouncement that uh, it's going to be no fans, at least for the time being. Well, uh, Dale, Bob, it's great to be with you, first of all, and great to be with all our fans on SNR. And, uh, you know, we are excited about uh, getting started here next week. Uh, obviously, we, we wish that we would be able to welcome our fans to our games uh, coming up here in September. But uh, we're just in a, a a different time, an unusual time to say the least, and we have been working closely with the uh, governor's office and the State Department of Health and obviously uh, communicating with our local uh, public officials. So, uh, you know, a lot, lot of people in the mix in terms of making sure the communication stay open and, and really just gets down to, uh, you know, when does everybody agree that uh, – it's going to be safe for for people to come to the stadium, even in a reduced capacity. So we'll we'll keep the door open. We'll keep working on it. We're you know we're trying to stay optimistic that at some point uh, everybody will be comfortable with moving ahead with with our plans. Uh, but it's uh, you know it's hard to predict anything uh, for certain in this environment. Uh, Art, I'm sure that um, you know your accountants would tell you that uh, limited capacity at Heinz Field. Uh, is not going to be a huge money maker, um, and as you mentioned, the amount of work that goes into just preparing uh, the building for the limited number of fans uh, is is considerable. The effort that goes into that, the planning, the actual work, the execution of the plan, um, based on all of that, I mean, why do you feel it's important to have even a limited number of fans at some home games at Heinz Field this year? You know, Bob, I think it comes down to that's what we're here for. Uh, that's what we're here for, for our fans. And, uh, you know, it, it just uh, it, it just is something that uh, it will be. Look, we'll, we'll play the games without fans, but it just won't feel right, and, and we'll have to adjust, and I'm sure the players will adjust. But uh, there's no question that uh, it won't feel right not having fans in the stadium. And, and uh, you know, that's kind of the whole point of things is to – we're playing these games for for our fans, and and 
trying to win another championship for the city of Pittsburgh. And uh, so it'll be uh, it'll be a different journey this year. Uh, but uh, you know, like everything else, we're we're trying to adjust and, and make the best of it. Art, in in terms of the overall thing, uh, scheme of things with the league itself. Uh, we've seen that that number thrown out there that there's a hundred and seventy five million dollar floor on next year's cap. How much is that going to be affected by uh, the number of fans allowed in stadiums around the league? Is that are those two things tied in together in terms of the the overall yeah, revenue? Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that's uh, you know that's a piece of the puzzle, and uh, so uh, obviously from that standpoint, that's another reason to to hope for fans in these buildings. Uh, uh, but that uh, you know that will have an impact on the cap next year, no question about it. Yeah, it, there's a lot of doomsday predictions about you know the 2021 salary cap, how it'll impact you know Steelers fans' doomsday prediction, how it'll impact uh, the Steelers. But there are other teams you know in sim- that will find themselves in similar situations. Um, do you believe that, or yeah, I don't even know if this is legal according to the terms of the CBA? But is are there any mechanisms uh, that could be implemented where maybe you uh, mitigate the loss or the, the the decrease in the 2021 cap by maybe, for lack of a better word, borrowing uh, from maybe some projected gains in the 2022-2023 cap to kind of level, smooth it out and level it off a little bit so not so many teams uh, might be find themselves really in uh, salary cap prison next year well i mean that that's actually what we did in, in the adjustments that we made to the cba prior to the start of, of training camp this year and uh so that you know that that is partly what went into uh agreeing on this floor um you know there there were scenarios there are scenarios where the cap could have gone down you know below 175 if we didn't agree to a floor so so the idea was to agree to a floor and then and then to spread some of the impact out over uh, additional seasons and uh, you know it's a complicated set of formulas but uh, but that is part of the equation in terms of uh, trying to smooth it out over over more than one season. Art is is part of the problem with that the the fact that nobody really knows what things are going to look like three months from now. You just don't know what those revenues are going to be. No, that's right. That's right. We we don't know, and uh, and uh, well, you know, I mean, the one thing we will know in three months or four months is is the result of the uh, 2020 season, and that you know that's a that's a, a part of the equation in, in determining next year's cap. So uh, we'll know a little bit more, but uh, unfortunately, the you know the way this is looking. Uh, you know, I, I think that some of the uncertainty that uh, that we've experienced this year is probably going to carry over into next year for for some some number of months. Hopefully, not too many. Uh, changing the subject a little bit from finances, um, what do you? Your quarterback seems to be getting some you know rave reviews for his performance, uh, how he has looked so far throwing the football. Um, you know, Kevin Colbert, your general manager, seemed to be optimistic uh, from the start that. And one of the things Kevin kept saying was that because Ben uh, missed a year of wear and tear, he could come back as a better version of himself uh, this uh, this season. It seemed kind of ridiculous at the time, a 37-year-old quarterback having ligaments reattached to his throwing elbow. Uh, but by all uh, reports, he, Ben seems to be 
um, a, a, well, uh, I'll say it, a better version of himself. <laughs> uh, what have you seen from him, and were you as optimistic uh, as Kevin Colbert? Well, I, I, w- I would say one thing we know now that, that I feel like we, you know, we didn't know in May and, and really didn't know until we got into training camp here was, was really what, you know, what level of strength does Ben have in his arm. And, and I think we're all comfortable in having watched him now in training camp for, for a number of weeks. Uh, you know, his, his arm strength is, is uh, maybe better than it was last year, but certainly, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know it's, it's a Ben-level arm strength. And so we're, we're happy about that. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it would have been nice to have a little more time for him to work with, uh, you know, the, the uh, receivers and the offense that he's going in, you know, into this season with. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think every team, uh, you know, is, is going to start this season, uh, you know, in, in a, at a different different place than we've started in past seasons. And, you know, what, what that's going to mean on the field, I don't think anybody knows. But certainly uh, what we've seen from Ben so far is, is very encouraging. You, you mentioned training camp there, Art. And uh, as someone who has been around this team all your life, uh, you were a ball boy at training camps, you, you did all that stuff. How different was it for you to, to see that, that training camp this year at Heinz Field as opposed to St. Vincent College? Uh, it's uh, it's a, it's different. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's too bad we couldn't be up there again. Uh, one of the great parts about being up at St. Vincent is how many fans come out and watch practice every day. And, you know, that, uh, you know, that gives the players a little bit of a lift, I think, on a hot summer afternoon, they, you know, when they have fans out there cheering them, uh, diving for a, a long pass or something like that. Uh, so it's been different, you know, and, and just being in a, in a building with, uh, that, that's kind of quiet the whole time. It's, uh, it's unusual. Uh, but it's, you know, it is probably something that uh, we we need needed in order to prepare for a season like this. When uh, you know, in a lot in a lot of buildings, we won't have fans. So, in in some ways, uh, it was it was the right kind of atmosphere to to prepare for the upcoming season. Art, uh, we all know you're not someone who likes to make predictions, uh, but I was just curious: what do you think of this team, your, the 2020 Steelers? Uh, as where we are right now, cuts coming up uh, at the end of this week. What do you think of this group? You know, we uh, look. I, I feel good about this team. I feel good about our roster, uh, and you know, maybe more than anything, I really feel good about the attitude that this team came into training camp with. Uh, again, it's such an unusual year, and, and not having guys had the opportunity to get together in the spring and particularly some of the younger guys uh i i just like the attitude of the team and you know the the work ethic that they've had the uh you know the business like approach uh it's it's been a you know it's been a good camp from that standpoint and uh, hopefully that carries into the regular season and you know and serves as a great foundation for us as we as we travel through the the ups and downs that we uh undoubtedly will have as as with any NFL season you, your team has always been one that, that hasn't had a lot of the turnover. Um, looking back at, at, at this offseason, do you think that will help uh, you guys in 2020 to kind of weather the storm here and get through all of this? The fact that all your, your you know, for the most part, your coaching staff is in place. All your, you know, the majority of your players are guys who have been here in the organization. 
Well, you, you would hope that, uh, you know, that helps, and I think it should. Uh, you know, we, we've got, uh, I think we've got, obviously, starting with Coach Tomlin, you know, someone who's been here a long time, knows the ropes, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, he's no stranger to encountering a lot of different scenarios, maybe not this particular one, but, <laughs> but certainly he's uh, he's always been uh, someone who's, you know, he's never afraid of, of a, a different challenge, a new challenge, and then... You know, I think we we uh, you know have most of our coaching staff back, and and obviously we don't have much turnover in terms of our starting positions, and and so uh, you know hopefully all of that uh, bodes well for us as we as we head into the season here. Uh, you know, our, a lot of fans and media don't really, I don't think, view preseason games maybe as valuable and as as, as important as maybe some of the you know football people, the coaches, the scouts, et cetera. Uh, do you think this summer might change some of that opinion? People might come around to view those preseason games as maybe more valuable than they thought they were, and maybe there wouldn't be such a uh, groundswell as a is is an exaggeration. But uh, you know, to cut the preseason back from four to two or or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly one who believes that the preseason games are important uh, from a lot of different stand, standpoints, uh, in, in particular, uh, you know, getting a chance to see and evaluate younger players. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I hope you're right that uh, this this proves the value of the preseason and, and uh, that we don't have to go through, uh, you know, a lot more arguments about cutting a lot of preseason games. I, 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 see, I think there's a lot of value to it. I know Coach Tomlin and Kevin feel the same way about it. And, uh, you know, I, I hope we're back next year, uh, you know, having uh, at least three or four preseason games. That was Steelers President Art Rooney II uh, earlier today with Bob Labriola and Yours truly, yeah. Um, good work here, right here on these uh, very airwaves. Actually, it was on the drive, uh, but we wanted to play that back here on the training camp report. Uh, lots of good stuff there from uh, from Art. Yeah, it's tremendous, obviously, and you know, obviously super dialed in with the league and has a much different perspective and knowledge and depth of all the the, you know, the every aspect of the football team. Yeah, I thought it was interesting uh, when, when Bob asked him at the end there about um, does you think this will make this this preseason will make people think next year when they're when they're complaining about preseason games right you think Boy, they'll I'm miss them a little bit one, yeah right. i, I, I think so a preseason game i think so i think i, I, I think maybe at least one yeah at least one or two right. two would be two would have been perfect two would have been fine one right. for allow every team to, to play one preseason game at home so they could kind of go through what they're going to yep. have to go through here on yep. game days and we'd had a better evaluation of a lot of people absolutely and, I mean, yeah, it would have yeah. been very useful for us too yeah, for everybody. Everybody, really. and the fans would have eaten it yeah, up. Yeah, and especially some of those young guys trying to make the team and the coaches trying to decide who does make the team. Good but uh, that is going to do it for the, the final training camp report of the yes. 2020 uh, Steelers training camp. It's been fun. It has been a lot of fun. We appreciate uh, everybody's efforts in keeping this on the air, including uh, Wesley Euler, who has been here for most of these with us. Uh, of course, Mike Pursuta joins us in the first hour, as he did throughout August. I want to thank my my partner here in crime, uh, Matt Williamson, for putting up with me throughout this process. Oh, we're just getting started. Four hours dude. a day we, did <laughs> yeah, it. we were to together. Two. Four's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to thank uh, everybody out there for listening to the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lolly. This has been Steelers Nation Radio.